Good morning, Josh. Uh, my name is Andrew Lee. Just in case you do not recognize the person who actually gave us the communion, to lead us in the communion, that was Graham. Don't you think he looked good with an extra, extra hair? hair? But great, actually great to have Graham lead us in, in the communion. I was reading uh, into the, the, the church history, and for many years in the early church, till many years, the focus of the worship is not the pulpit, but the altar. And when we participate the communion, it draws us to the meaning, the transcendence of what we are doing here, even though we are now doing it uh, in your home, offline, we hope that we could still connect that this is the moment of worship. This is the moment of worship that we together as a church come together in different places to worship the Lord. To worship the Lord. So thank Graham. You look good. Now, uh, can I suggest to you or maybe ask you to do something this week? Now, this is a directory and you can get it online too. I want you to look up your name in the directory and then take three names below you next, uh, following what your, your, where your name is. And if you are at the very bottom list, we go for al- using alphabetical order as regard to the, your, your surname. So you have to swing backwards. Now take three names or three families and call them up. This week, call them up and remember to pray for them this week. Uh, this is something which I leave you to and suggest, I request, I implore you to do it so that we can still connect with each other when we are on lockdown. Now, uh, let me read this prayer of Paul to start off with for our sermon our message this day, uh, today is found in Ephesians chapter 3, reading from verse 14. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derive his name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have the power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may feel, you may be filled to measure of all the fullness of God. Now we have been, for the past 10 weeks, and this is the 11th week, been doing, as Declan has said, been dealing with 
a subject in relating to God, God the Holy Spirit. And, sorry, a bit of running notes, and in particular, and in particular, we are looking at the gift of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit over the past 10 weeks. Now, at, at the introduction to the, to the, to the, to the series, Ralph mentioned this, that in his many years, I think he did mention something like more than 25 years in the church, this topic has not been dwelt on. Dwelt on. Now, I have not been long in this church. I was not only here for last uh, three years, three years. And I think that uh, even when I move around other churches in my posting, I find that uh, maybe is yes, there are sermons about this being preached about God, the Holy Spirit, and spiritual gift, but maybe not as often. But not as often, and I do ref- do carry the sentiment of what Ralph say, and. Now, why? Why why did we have that? Let me go back. All right. Now, why is the preaching on the Holy Spirit lacking generally in the churches? And maybe in particular, the Brethren Movement, the churches which actually align ourselves with the Brethren Movement. Why is the preaching of the Holy Spirit lacking? Now, I believe the first problem we have is probably in the reading of the Scripture. When you open the Bible and you start reading the, uh, the Scripture systematically, you find that it's easy to see God in the Old Testament as God the Father, God the Father, the 37th book. We can read into that the God who brought Israel out of Egypt through the Red Sea is God the Father. We can see, we can read into and identify that it was God the Father who actually gave the Ten Commandments. So it is easy for us to actually have a lot of scriptures to actually help us to read God the Father into our daily devotion, our devotion, and easy to preach about God from the Old Testament that way. And when we come to the person of Jesus Christ, we have the four gospel. And the rest of the epistles, 27 books of them, is very Christocentric. It's easy for us to actually pick up, to preach, and to study about Jesus Christ in the gospel and in the epistle. It's a lot written about Jesus Christ. But coming to the Holy Spirit, 
we find that maybe in the Acts, in the Acts, we have the Holy Spirit being mentioned coming in. But there's a question mark. Because finally, I mean, at the later stage, it is the act of the apostles which actually dominate the story in Acts. The act mostly is about apostles, in particular Paul, in his mission. So we can sort of find that maybe the reason why we actually have so little been preached about the Holy Spirit is because we do not have a, a, a body of scripture which actually focus entirely on the Holy Spirit. Maybe I'm just suggesting that this could, this could be the reason. So we took the easy, easy way out and we preached more of the God the Father or Jesus Christ and we actually preached less on the God the Holy Spirit. Now that is another reason which I believe so. We have dealt with Galatians 5 verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. What the fruit of the Spirit is, the fruit the Spirit transforms us to be, is because He is. And that was brought over to us by David Wilson last week. That God is love. The Holy Spirit is love. It's joy. It's peace. It's patience. It's kindness. It's goodness. It's faithfulness. It's gentleness and self-control. If that is the Holy Spirit's characteristic, because He is, then you find that it's almost like he is influencing but not imposing himself. This kind of gentleness, patience, self-control. He controls himself, not to impose on us in dealing with us. So therefore, perhaps, because of his own character, not trying to impose himself, we may miss out, miss out the teaching of the Holy Spirit. That is another of my maybe speculation, but I feel that probably that is, that's anyway applied to me. So he is influencing the silent listener, the, the, not the silent, but the, the soft whisperer into our life. But when we read in Acts, we actually have the explosion, the explosion of the explosion of the Holy Spirit influence, the explosion of the Holy Spirit influence. Let me ex try to explain and impress on you how big the impact was. Now, first. I want to take you back in time. The first group of Christian, the first group of Christian, 
from the Jewish community. From the Jewish community. Now, we actually come to the church and now this day, and we accept God the Father, God the Holy, uh, uh, Jesus Christ God and God the Holy Spirit as part of a package and we accept it so readily. But not so. If you imagine this first group of Christians who are Jewish, from a Jewish nation, from a Jewish culture. And one of the things they repeat themselves, or repeat daily, perhaps, is the Shema. Shema Israel Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Ehad. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. The Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, your God, the Lord is one. This is the Shema. So, if you find that as a very domineering thought, now, to move from that thought takes a lot. Now, one God is enshrined in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy. The Shema. And it's enshrined in the Ten Commandments, Exodus 20, verse 3. You have no other God beside me. That's what the Lord say. God say. And right through history, right through history, there's this God, God, God who actually deals with them according to how they hold to this one God to be only worshipping Him, the monotheistic uh, doctrine, that you only have one God, there is no other God. And when God deals with them, He, re- he, he, he blessed them or He reward them or He actually disciplined them based on this very important doctrine, the Shema. Shema Israel Adonai Elohelu Adonai Ehad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. So they, this group of Christians, first century, first group of Christians had this overhang in their, in their mind. And then they were hit by what you call the Jesus phenomena. The Jesus phenomena. Indeed, they see Jesus in flesh walking among them. And you cannot deny that he spoke with authority. He led a perfect life. They are hit by that. Even his enemies could not find fault in him. He walked on water. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. You cannot, you are hit by this Jesus phenomenon, Jesus Christ coming down on earth. And then he claimed to be God. He claimed to be God. Is he a madman? And more than that, he went to the cross and then he died on the cross and he rose on the third day. 
Nothing has happened before like that. He defeated death. He must be who he is. God. So the, there is a shift of doctrine of this Jewish Christian to encompass the monistic, monistic teaching is knowing that now God is one but two persons in the Godhead. God the Father and God the Son. They cannot deny what they see and what Jesus did. And so, there was a paradigm shift in their doctrine, in their thinking. And they now read back into the Old Testament when the promise of Messiah, they now know that the promised Messiah is a divine person. The promise is not just any person, but God himself coming down to earth as a, as a man to die on the cross to save us. So there is this Jesus phenomenon that actually shifts the thinking of the Jewish first century Christian. And it is, they, see, they, they see him and they, they can't deny that. Jesus hit them just like that. Now, what about the Holy Spirit as the third person of the Godhead? He didn't come down to earth bodily, physically, where they can see him. But there must be something he did in the early church. Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit will come. They waited. And when the Holy Spirit came in the first instant, it was like this, it was recorded that it's like rushing wind coming in to it. If you can imagine, this is a vacuum and you have air coming to the vacuum. There is a tremendous sound, a rushing sound. And the people, the believers there praying in the upper room were filled, was filled with the Spirit. They did not see him, that they know from the internal that this Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit in them is a real person. Now, the impact is tremendous because from that point on, you see a transformation. They are given gift. Immediately, the, the group in that prayer room in Acts chapter 2 went out. And all of them were speaking in different, different languages. Really different languages whereby the people who actually were in the marketplace coming from different regions were surprised that they had this group of people they know suddenly speak. I think they probably speak in perfect languages of their own tongue. Miracles. Can we read in the Acts how the church was impacted with spiritual gift, healing, the raising of the dead happens. 
the church was really, really moving in the gift of the Holy Spirit. Not only heal, but kill. You know the account of Ananias and Sapphira? When they actually lie to the church of what, what the, they actually put in the offering bag? They probably put a lot in the offering bag, but they lie that this all, all that they have actually uh, uh, got from the land they, they sold to give. They lied. And they were struck because of the lie, they were struck dead. And fear reside. The church starts to know that it's not just the fear of God, the fear of the Holy Spirit came down. On all them. There were people, but the people moving into the church as well as people having a fear of this community. I just wonder if the Holy Spirit was to visit us, how many of us will be struck dead? How many of us will be struck dead? So the Holy Spirit actually moved such tremendously into the early churches, the first century church. So much so that knowing now that the Holy Spirit is God, God is no longer God the Father, God the Son, but God the Holy Spirit. It's not a doctrine created by theologians, but a doctrine which is coming from the church, from the experiences of the people themselves. It changes their reading of the Old Testament. The Old Testament, the Holy Spirit is written as raw of God. And it can be translated as the energy or the breath of God. But now, when they actually read into the Spirit of God in the Old Testament, they know that it is the person. So when they write about and quote the Old Testament account of the Spirit, they put the personhood of the Spirit. They quote the personhood. It become a He. He teaches. He empowers. So it changes how? It changes the vocabulary. It changes the, 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 the thinking of this Jewish Christian in the thinking of who this one God is. So there must be a, such a big, big impact to cause such a big, big change. Big, big impact to cause such a big, big change. Now, just pause for a moment and, and maybe we should ask ourselves this question. What would happen when or if we allow the Holy Spirit to strongly and to deeply influence us as individuals and together as a church. What will happen when we allow the Holy Spirit to strongly and to deeply influence us as individuals and together as the church? If the Spirit, the gift of the Spirit is unleashed among us, Spiritual gift, 
impactful gift for the community, for us, as a witness of His presence, what would be the difference within our church here? What would be different in my life if I let the Holy Spirit to strongly and deeply influence me? As I say, would any of us be struck dead by the life we have? Just a question, just a thought. Now, when I agreed to take on this last of the series, and the, the topic was, as Declan has said, you know, what other characteristics of the Holy Spirit? When I think more of it, and I reflect on what we have done, what Declan shared just now sort of confirmed what I believe the Spirit led me to prepare. And what Kate sang about flow, river flow, also confirmed to me, and something that's a word about eternity. I want to introduce you a concept. Now, I want to move away from that because I want to introduce you the, the, the thought of the upstream and downstream. Upstream and downstream concept. A river flow. There's an upstream and there's a downstream. We were actually looking a lot for 10 weeks on the downstream. What are the downstream thing? The gift of the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit. And I believe it's important. But they are, to me, I believe, downstream. So what are the downstream? Okay? Services. Things you can do, serve. Your stewardship, services, downstream. Noble characters. You read the Bible, you can see that, you know, like the, the fruit of the Spirit, gentleness, patience, self-control. If you take that and apply like what Declan said, a piece at a time and try to improve yourself, of course, there will be changes in your life for better. You will be probably a better person to your wife, better person to your children, your neighbors, your community, your working place. And when you serve, the community, the community will appreciate us, appreciate you. I find in my 13 years in Australia here that I find actually you are a group of great communities. The community spirit in Australia, I really, really appreciate when there's a fire, I see my farmer's friend just drop their tool, drive five, six hundred miles to another location to just help out. Within the community of Marybro, where, where I normally operate on, the people are very friendly. They are a lot of people, I say, they're quite, quite good people, noble character. They, 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 they actually volunteer themselves in the Lions Club. Whenever my golf, I'm a member of Maryborough Golf, Golf Club, and wherever there's need to be, things needed to be done, I heard that people just quietly go and help out in, in a lot of areas. 
But is that all? Is that all the downstream to us we are looking at? Because we can do all that as just ordinary people. But then, in the church, we actually say, hey, what about spiritual gift? What about the service we actually render as regard to having a spiritual impact? This is also downstream. Downstream. And we talk about the next thing is the fruit of the Spirit. Okay. Fruit of the Spirit. So, we talk about having character change by the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit. But all these are downstream. Downstream. And what are the up, upstream issues? The upstream issues. I want to share with you that while we look at upstream, we need to get our upstream issue correct. Number one is we are operating in a spiritual domain. A spiritual domain. The next thing of an upstream issue is that relationship with God is primary. Primary. The relationship with God is primary. And then we have to toll, we have to actually look at the goals we set. Goals are set with an eternal perspective. So to me, these are the upstream issues which we have to consider. The upstream issues. Now, let's take one of them first. The upstream issue. Spiritual domain. Spiritual domain. It's found in Ephesians 6, verse 12. And not just an isolatory case, uh, verse, but I think it, it sort of uh, put us in the picture of what we are contending. Ephesians 6, verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the power of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Let me read again. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh, and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the power of the dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. We have to recognize, we have to recognize that this is the main battleground. Whatever we do as Christian, where is the service to the community or exercising spiritual gift, our stewardship, our worship, our active, our whole being, we are operating on spiritual ground. And in this ground, 
we must know where is the front line of the battle. Front line. We are contending against the power and principality of the evil one. Whatever we do, there will be an opposing force, not just by people, but in the spiritual realm. A great opposition is, is, is unleashed against the little you do. Even as we try to, 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 to get closer with God personally, the evil one is trying to pull away from being close to God. Even as we try to worship God, the evil one will try to pull us away, opposing, destroying, because that's what he is. That's what he is. So this is the front end of the battleground. Just in reflection about what's happening in the world now, one of the things which I find the power and principality of the evil one works so perversely is fake news. Because he is the, the chief of liars. The chief of liars. So, this one example. News are fake. News are something you make up. So, the important thing for us to first is to actually know where the battleground is. So in order to do that, to be, uh, once we are aware, whatever we do, our life, we must pray. Whenever we serve, pray for the people you are serving. When I was in CRE, teaching the CRE, the Christian Religious Education, that was a few years back, it was a great experience. I'm always aware with all the preparation I do with the worksheet and, 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 and thinking of what is to, to catch the, the children's attention and all that. Always pull back to say, okay, this is the spiritual work. I must pray for these children. I can't remember each of them individually. Sometimes I do, but I have to actually spend enough time to pray before I actually clock in to the school to teach Christ, to teach Christ. Pray in your service. Even when you do Sunday school, even you do things which may not be associated with we have a way of sharing the gospel uprightly, counseling, when you do the, what they call, school chaplaincy, pray, pray. These are spiritual battlegrounds. And the third thing is, in this spiritual domain, is we must be aware of the spiritual gift and spiritual tool. I'm going to quote you three persons in the Old Testament. One man was given the spiritual gift of carpentry. Who is it? Noah. Now Noah was given the gift of carpentry to actually build. It's an engineering feat to build an ark of wood which have the integrity to only not only keep the water out but remain and remain afloat but to actually not fall apart. 
is an engineering feat that I believe only God, the Holy Spirit, inspiring him, instructing him all the way. Could that be possible? Could that be possible? But such a so-called ordinary uh, uh, thing of doing carpentry is blessed spiritually. It's blessed spiritually to the world. The next person I take to you is David. That is uh, Noah is found in Genesis chapter 6, verse 9. Chapter 6, verse 9. The next person I want to, 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 to share with you is David. When he was still young, he there faced the Goliath in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 37. And he said, Who is this uncircumcised Palestine who dare to provoke the army of the living God. The army of the living God. Such courage. He can see the battleground is beyond the physical ground. The Goliath of which is maybe three or four times stronger and, uh, and bigger than him it's nothing. Because on the spiritual ground, the Goliath dare to challenge the army of the living God. He become reduced to an atom. So David actually saw the courage coming from the Holy Spirit, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Next person I want to take to you is the character of Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Can you see beyond? That's the thing. Jeremiah in chapter 7 verse 27 was called to do a mission of failure. He said, go and preach to these people, but they would not listen to you. What's the point then? But God said, go and preach to this group of people. But let me tell you, they won't listen to you. But Jeremiah knew that because God says so, there will be a spiritual impact. There will be a spiritual impact. So Jeremiah knows that he's drilling, he's working on a spiritual domain, like David did, like Noah did. They are operating on a spiritual domain. So the first thing I want to draw your attention to is that remember... We are operating in the spiritual domain. So in this spiritual domain, the second point I want to bring forth is relationship with God is primary. Primary. The relationship with God is primary. Now, uh, we have have the words before about this. The John chapter 15, verse 1 to 7, where... Uh, I think Declan has just shared about that, that we are the branches where God is the wine. We actually stream out from Him. Without that wine, we are nothing, cut off to be burned. But from the wine, we draw all our spiritual resources, 
our, our transformed character, our energy from the wine. So what happens is the relationship with the branch and the wine is critical. The relationship with the wine and the critical relationship, our relationship with God. Our relationship with God. There are some fundamentals about our relationship with God. And the first thing is that to acknowledge Him to be our God and Savior. Acknowledging Him to be our God and Savior. And this is very fundamental. This is very important. And second is to grow in our relationship with Him. Grow with our relationship with Him. Let me sound you some warning here. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 22. Some people come to Jesus one day, I will say and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast demons in your name? Didn't we do miracles in your name? But Jesus said, I do not know you. I do not know you. And they be cast out. And they be cast out. So fundamentally is we must make sure we get it right that we should acknowledge Him to be our God and Savior. In another parable that serves as a warning is about the unqualified guest in the wedding feast. Jesus tells us about a parable when after the, the invitation had gone out, there were guests coming into the wedding. But one of them was not wearing wedding clothes. One of them was not proper when he came in. And the host said, cast him out, cast him out. And what Jesus was trying to tell us is that, you know, there are proper clothes to be worn to the wedding of the Lamb. When there are proper clothes, and the cloth of grace that we acknowledge Him to be our God and Savior. Our Savior. We cannot come on other ways. Now one of the dangers which I find as I move around and I know that the name list in heaven and the church membership may be entirely different. Maybe a lot of different. The name list of the kingdom of God and church membership may be different. I was just in the Bible study last night and we were discussing about purpose of life and and I noticed one 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 person asked, you say, I'm afraid to die, you know. I feel that I'm not actually, do not know whether I can, you know, whatever I've done, I can meet Jesus. I, I will, I'll be safe. I, I think we will probably have to talk to her and say that it's not what you have done to be safe. I'm sure that the church 
the church, it was a different church. The church would have preached a lot about the grace of God giving us salvation through Jesus Christ many times. But somehow, somehow, that thought is missing. Let me be very clear that we are actually Christian. We can be confident of our place when Christ comes to be saved, to be, to be pardoned, uh, because we are cleansed free, mainly, mainly, mainly by the blood of Jesus Christ. When Graham shared us the emblem, he reminded us again, again on this, that our qualification to come to God is because of Jesus Christ. No other. And don't, if there is any doubt, great if you have doubt, please come to speak to us. We will actually want to help you through that place to clear that doubt. Because this is fundamental. This is fundamental. Okay? So we have to cultivate our relationship. And, and that's very important. So cultivating our relationship with God, God the Holy Spirit. I propose this. This is my journey. Um, in that, it may not be your, your journey, but this is my journey in the sense that I'm not putting prayer ahead of worship and then the word of scripture in that order when I actually worship uh, privately. Because some of you may know that I'm still doing a course uh, in, in Ripley College and I really enjoy the course. But you know, doing the course, you are actually zoomed in on the technicality, on, on what the words actually say, what's the contact, what, 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 in, the, the technicality of the scripture. And the scripture actually is wonderful because it gives such good, good way of thinking through things contextually. And it's a, a book which is so rich. And I'm, I'm so caught up with the words such a way that sometimes, by the time I really sort of frame my own thinking, and I did not listen to the, what God actually wants to say sometimes. So I would begin with first prayer. Pray, 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 pray. Try to pray. And then I move on to worship, worship, worship. Then only the word of scripture. It's not to show important, but it's the, the way I can move in to listen personally, to listen more of the Holy Spirit, to develop a relationship. So, the prayer relationship, I can suggest to you is to cultivate internal conversation. Cultivate inter internal conversation. Talk to God. Talk to God internally and listen. It's a conversation. Listen to Him. Pray, and when you pray, do not just pray, uh, pray, uh, uh, and then forget what you pray. Pray and watch. Pray and watch. There was one incident whereby, uh, when I was back home in Malaysia at the time, and uh, that was opportunity for me to invite a group of uh, about twenty students to the home. University student to have a barbecue, have a barbecue, 
and to actually provide the environment to share the gospel. All of them, two of them maybe are Christian, but all of them mostly are actually not Christian. And we ask the church to pray. I ask the church to pray. And, uh, and uh, we pray for it. So when the, when the time comes, we had the barbecue. We had the barbecue, no incidents. And one of the things we prayed was actually that the weather is good so that we can have the barbecue. So when that day came, the weather was good. I took it for granted. The weather is good. We have barbecue. We did what we want to do. And that was the end of the, the, the incidents. The next day when I go to church on a Sunday, everybody was asking us, what happened? I said, what happened? It just happened, you know. We had, my home was quite open for such things. So, you know, we just have a, a meeting and we pray that, you know, we say, okay, we hope that uh, whatever we shared, uh, they, they will actually take it as part of the, uh, a, a part of the journey and we hope that they become Christian. They said, no, no, what happened to the weather? I said, what happened? We have a sunny day. And the church will say, sunny day? They say, open the newspaper. And they open the newspaper. What happened was just around 500 meters from my house. You draw a circle, 500 meters from my house where I was having my barbecue. It was raining so heavy that the, 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 the drain got flooded and cars was actually swept away. So the church was really concerned. They said, oh, you know, the, 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 the barbecue must have really been washed out. I was amazed. And you know what my children say when he heard this thing? My children say, Daddy, we prayed for it. Expect that to happen. I think out of the mouths of children, our faith actually moved. Pray and watch. Pray and watch. The next thing is to develop prayfully, pray, being prayful the whole day. Now, I'm not the person who can actually sit down and pray for 20 minutes. I'll say 20 minutes is my top. And my mind starts to wander. But I find that if I were to actually walk around and pray and to, 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 to tell God, you know, God, I have this concern and I have that concern, and then walk around and see something, prayful the whole day. And that's another thing which I suggest you could develop. But I ask you to do another thing, is to, when you serve, serve prayerfully. Whatever you do, know that it is a spiritual domain that you are actually banging your head on, your effort on. It's not the transformation of character so that the Sunday school children will obey their parents. Or people will be good fathers, good mothers, good to the community. We are actually fighting against the power and principality of the evil one. We are bringing their thought captive to God. Captive to God. That is our primary mission. Primary so that they will know the saving grace of God and let God rule their life. Let them love God. That is our primary. So we have to serve prayerfully because we cannot do very much from the external into it. It must be the Spirit, the Holy Spirit working in their life. So, 
the relationship with God is primary. I gave you some suggestions, some take back of how you could actually work out. Finally, finally, in this upstream issue, goals are set with an eternal perspective. Goals are set with an eternal perspective. Now, sorry. Now, I want to go back, but, okay, I will just... Now, goals are set with an eternal prospect, perspective. The parable of the talent. The parable of the talent. Now, in the parable of the talent, which Jesus said, he, the, the master actually gives three different, uh, to three different persons something to be responsible for. Something to be responsible for. But that's not what I'm going to point out. When the people who are responsible for what they're supposed to do, the masters actually reward them with more responsibility. When we talk about spiritual gift and the fruit of the Spirit, I want you to draw to you, it's not the external impact which is important between you and God. Between you and God. It's through the, 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 the careful stewardship of spiritual gift and the, 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 the being transformed by being united in Him, we are transformed. Transformed so that we are prepared to meet Him, to have extra responsibility, to have extra, to be prepared for the activity after we die. Today, that's the that's an important question. How prepared am I for the next life? Not that I prepare as much uh, in terms in terms of getting as much credit uh, of my good work, so can I can I can show that look here, you know, I have done so much, so much for the kingdom of God. No, but for me, it is the transformation of my thinking and my preparedness to submit to God so that when I meet Him, I can take on the next set of responsibility, take on the next set of activity. I really do not believe that I'll be floating in the sky with a harp or a guitar or singing with a chorus for, more, for eternity. If that it is, to me, that's hell. But I believe there will be so much dynamism in the coming of the kingdom of God. And I'm preparing myself for that. For that. Pardon me for the last verse about playing the harp or playing the guitar and feeling that I'll be so antagonized by that. But what when we practice our spiritual gift or being transformed, we are preparing ourselves, ourselves, to appreciate the coming kingdom. Now, all of us are in different stages, stages of our, our serving, our development of, of our spiritual gift of serving God. Let me close with a, word of, uh, a parable of encouragement. In the parable of the workers in the vineyard, in Matthew chapter 20, verse 1 to 16, 
uh, where the, the master of the vineyard came and hired a person in the morning, in the noon, and the night, in the evening. At the end of the day, he actually just paid the first according to what he promised, X amount. And the second person, that person who actually was employed in the middle of the day, he also paid the same amount, X amount. And the final person who just worked for one hour, he also paid the same X amount. What I'm saying is that doesn't matter which stage of life you're in. Today is a time whereby you can say, look, I want to move in and serve the master. It's not that I lost all the, 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 the 70 years of my life and I cannot move in. Now It's too late for me. Life, your impact can be restored can be restored. Now, I, 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 I like to share a story. Uh, this lady uh, is the, the sister of one of my Bible study group uh, some time back. The mother actually is, uh, do not believe in Christ. Do not believe in Christ. But she, she get into a terminal sickness, a terminal sickness. And he was going around all kind of, you know, cure, suggested cure, and all that kind of thing, and 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 then go through all the medium and religion to actually promise uh, some cure, and she couldn't find cure anywhere till she come back to the, and 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 she asked, okay, uh, I'm open for the church to pray for me. She was terminal. She was afraid to die, and she was quite a mature lady. The church prayed. And in a miraculous, miraculous way, she was healed. She was healed. But more than that, even at the age, she had the exuberance to actually serve God. I see. It's more than just life. And she started serving God. And to be, to, she, she's a woman of means too. And she's opened a house through hospitality, sharing her testimony, longing people to know the God whom she knows, the personal God, and was an impactful testimony, even at her stage. And a few years later, not too long later, in a short space of time, she was again diagnosed of this terminal, terminal sickness. But at that time, she says, look here, I'm prepared to meet my maker. I'm prepared to meet my maker. Last time I was afraid. Now I'm not afraid anymore. The transformation. I know that I can meet my maker with joy. She has a short space of, of years. And I know that the impact she has, even when she brings out the interest of the kingdom in her late years, have been an impact to a lot of life. That people talk about it still. So it doesn't matter whether if we find that we have done so much, so many, uh, we have passed so many years and we have not really moved into this. It's not too late. It's not too late. Move and grow and let the Holy Spirit indwell in you in a meaningful way. Shall we pray? God, the, the thought of 
sharing about you, in particular the personality of you, the person of the Holy Spirit, is too big to be captured, too difficult, really unless, unless you plant that into those who are listening. Now, if your heart, your heart is, is your internal voice speaking to you of something God the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. I pray that you will consider that. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you as individual. We thank you, dear Lord God, for your words. We thank you that you are not a God who is far off, but a God who wants to come and build your home in us. We thank you that the dimension we, you, you gave us of meaning of life surpasses our physical life. We thank you, dear Lord God. In Jesus' most precious and holy name, Amen.